Good afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson, welcoming you to the October 27th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you by the Security Federal Bank. One of the best ways to support Local Matters is to support Security Federal. They have 17 locations between Columbia County, Georgia and Columbia, South Carolina, and they are eager to serve you. So if you're dissatisfied with your current bank, uh, if you're interested in a home improvement loan, a mortgage, a car loan, investments, any of those things, please see my friends at Security Federal. One of the other best ways to support Local Matters is to share episodes and tell all of your friends about Local Matters. You can find those episodes on my website. That is JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com. You go there, find the Local Matters tab, and uh, you can listen and share any episode. As you know, one of the primary purposes of Local Matters is to prepare you to vote. And I am reminding you that there is an upcoming special election. Official election day is November 2nd. We're still in the early voting period now. Uh, and if you're a voter in Richmond County, uh, there is a referendum, a bond referendum on the ballot. That is for $240 million to support construction of a new James Brown Arena complex. Today's show is devoted to hearing from members of the Augusta Richmond County Coliseum Authority about why this project is necessary in their eyes. Today on Local Matters, we have two of my favorite people. They are both native Augustans and they have dedicated their lives to some aspect of making Augusta a better place. Uh, they're with us today to discuss the James Brown Arena expansion. Uh, as you know, one of the purposes of Local Matters is to get you prepared to vote. And on November 2nd, you have the opportunity to say yes or no to a $240 million bond issue. Uh, if you say yes, those funds will be used to support the development of a new uh, James Brown Arena complex. And I've invited Cedric Johnson, who is chair of the Augusta Richmond County Coliseum Authority, and Brad Ushery, who is the vice chair uh, to talk to us a little bit about the project so that when you get ready to vote, uh, you are prepared to do so and you know what is really being asked of you. Cedric, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mrs. Jackson. Just so uh, honored to be on your program. I am so honored to have you all with us. If you could just sort of lead off by telling us a little bit about yourself uh, and your service on the Coliseum Authority, we'll start there and then we'll get into some details of the project itself. Okay, I'm, I'm proud to say I'm a native Augustan. I've been here all my life, except for four years in Atlanta in college. Uh, I came back home and uh, worked as a banker for about um, 30 years. 
uh, changed careers at that point in time and went to Augusta University, uh, working at Augusta University. Uh, my, my community service has been always trying to help make this city better. Uh, probably one of the things that I'm, I'm proud of uh, is I was chairman of the Aviation Commission when uh, the new airport was built. And uh, again, uh, a lot of people kind of like now say, oh, we don't need it or whatever. But the new airport has been an economic driver for this city and has really put us on the map to get other uh, large companies and corporations to come locate in Augusta. Thank you. And of course, our other guest is Mr. Brad Ushry. Uh, Brad, can you tell us a little bit about your community service and business endeavors as well? I will, and thank you, Janice, for having us. We, we appreciate you uh, having us and love your show. Um, I'm, like Cedric, been here all my life, and uh, but unlike Cedric, I didn't leave those four years. I even went to college here for those four years. I've only been out of this town one week at a time all my life, so uh, glad to call Augusta home. Uh, most people know me as the fat guy. I run the fat man's uh, hospitality here in town with my son, Havard. Um, I'm serving as vice chairman of the Coliseum Authority and also uh, the chairing the new arena committee with uh, Cedric and Darren Smith. And uh, we have dedicated the last five years to getting this arena building. The next two weeks, we're going to live, drink, and breathe it to get this uh, thing across the finish line. Okay. And for those of you who have not met Brad in person, he's actually not fat. I just want to make sure everybody knows that. <laughs> in fact, where did that name come from? Well, when the internet started, my youngest son made up that name for my um, email address. And um, so um, that's stuck since the internet started. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Um, we are here, uh, as we indicate, to talk about the uh, referendum. Uh, that you'll vote on uh, in as part of the November 2nd election. In fact, if you are a resident of uh, Augusta, that is the only item on your ballot. If you're in Hepsibor or Blythe, there are a couple other uh, local races, but this is it if you are in Augusta. And um, I think the logical starting point for us is to talk about the $25 million that was approved with uh, the SLOST referendum. Um, you got 25 million then, now we're asking for more. Can you all kind of break down for us um, what that 25 million is being used for and um, why is it that now we're coming back for additional funding? Senator, go ahead. Okay, well, um, Ms. Jackson, the, the 25 million uh, was, is being used to help us to continue uh, the, construction, the construction process for the arena. Uh, the architectural design and the cost estimates uh, are something that are very much needed uh, to know what the actual cost is going to be. Uh, if we did not get the $25 million, we would have had to have a cold stop and we wouldn't have been ready for a referendum in November and probably the project would have died. So the, the 25 million was used to continue to pay uh, the consultants, consultants that are working on the project and also the architects that have designed uh, this beautiful building that uh, you'll be able to see later and, and to keep us going. Uh, it's, it costs a lot more money if, if we had to stop, 
the cost of materials go up, the cost of labor go up. So it was very important that we could continue this process and not have to delay it for another year or two uh, to find funds. So essentially that $25 million was planning money. Yes. To, 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 to keep going. To, to keep going with what we had. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and it's important to say, you know, besides design work, as they're designing, they also had to pay for engineering uh, costs to figure out if the building they were designing would actually sit on the property. Um, and, and, and that's very important um, and, and very expensive to get all the engineering done, testing all the soil. All right. And I think sometimes people underestimate how much testing, planning, designing has to get done before you can pull off a major project like this. So, so yeah, $25 million gets you started. And now uh, we look at uh, the referendum and you're asking for 240 million. I guess my first question is, is that it? Do we think that with that 240, you'll be able to complete the project as it's currently designed? Yes, ma'am. And, and Ms. Jackson, I'd like to kind of start and I'll let Brad come in. Uh, the referendum is set not to exceed uh, more than $240 million. Right now, our current cost estimate is $235 million. And, and with that estimate, uh, uh, Brad and I and Darren Smith and the Coliseum Authority, we're looking at all avenues of trying to get that amount even lower. Now, you bring up a good question because this has come up. Uh, will, you, will you exceed the 240? Well, we can't because the referendum basically says not to exceed $240 million. And so we put stop gaps in place to make sure uh, that it doesn't exceed that. We also have money in that 240 million we have uh, money's in place for contingencies because, as you know, uh, anytime you start a project, you're going to run into some things that that are going to cost you more or some design uh, flaws that you might have that you need to change. So we feel pretty confident uh, that we will stay at that within that $240 million. The other thing, the way we go out for a contractor, uh, we're looking at when we have bids, the contractor is going to have to come in at a maximum price. And, and that maximum price is going to have to be within the $235 million. And what, you know, one of the things we did with the design work and the preliminary work, we took an extra step and we hired a cost consultant, which basically he's a contractor. And so instead of having an architect say it's going to cost as much, we actually have a contractor that's working with us right now to guarantee the cost that they're putting out there now. So that's we've got a, a really good feel for the uh, cost that they're giving us because they are actually the contractors and somebody can build a building of this capacity. And, uh, and we're continuing doing some value engineering to get these costs down, like Cedric said. It's, it's very important for Cedric and I and, and our reputations because we're going to be in this town after this building is built and, and we want to make sure it's done right. And, and that is something that's uh, very important because you know, a lot of times with projects, particularly these days, there are a lot of cost overruns. Um, so you all are feeling pretty confident that you can manage that cost, it appears. Yes, we, we, we feel confident. But before we 
uh, sign any contracts uh, once we go through the RFP, RFQ process, uh, it's going to have to be a guaranteed price by the contractor that this is what he can build it for. And, and also, Janice, we, the one thing we held back on before we, we took it to the public or even took it to the commission is we, we really went through this number, this $235 million, to make sure we were covering all the costs so we know we can't go back to the, to the well and get more money. I mean, I'll let Cedric to speak to the uh, total cost and what we're spending the 235 on. But, but part of that 235 million uh, that we, we, we're spending is actually $21 million in capitalized interest. So we, within that 235 million, we've even included interest that we're gonna be paying until we start collecting money uh, to pay back the bond. And I'll, again, I'll let Cedric address that. He's the banker amongst us here that can address those numbers better. But, but I just want everybody to be, feel very confident when they go to, to vote that this number is solid and we're going to stay within this budget and, and try to even uh, get below it. And then uh, Cedric, that's Cedric and my mission to, to stay on top of these guys. Yeah. And, and, and Brad brings up a good point because uh, a lot of people won't uh, understand capitalized interest and why you got to pay capitalized interest? Well, if the uh, the bond referendum passes, then there's going to be about 18 months before the dollars come in to start making the monthly payments, and those payments are going to be roughly, uh, I think, about 14 million dollars annually for interest. So, what the city, uh, along with their finance team, said that in order to keep it solvent pretty much and the city not have to incur any debt uh, on this, that we'll go ahead and put the interest payments in there so that that can be done as the project continues to go forward. That's, and that sounds like sound planning, financial planning. Um, tell us, when do you expect construction to start? We we hope we hope we you know once the bond passes uh, we hope to be starting demolition in February of 2022. Uh, we hope to have a contractor on board by mid December. Uh, uh, we'll send out an RFP for the contractors, and then we'll uh, hopefully be putting a wrecking ball to the old JBA by February. Okay, and tell me, help me, my memory here, the new building will be at the exact same location as the old one? Is that right? That is correct. It okay. will be at the exact same location. And, and, you know, and I'm really glad you brought that up because, um, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, y'all have had water issues with the old JBA, which we do, but it's about uh, 30 feet underground uh, or better. So yes, but the new uh, James Brown of Rental arena will be a level with the ground so when you walk in you walk right into the main floor so you don't have to go down to get to it when you walk in it's level with grade and so that will eliminate uh any problems very similar to what we have in the bell so when you walk in you don't have to go down you'll be right at grade level and and that's where the the first floor will be and I think in the current JBA, there are some meeting rooms below grade level. That's correct. So will there be similar meeting space just above ground on this one? Yes, we, we are planning, and I'll, I'll say a little bit, I'll let, but let 
Brad get it in. Yeah, we are planning to have meeting rooms and uh, other type rooms uh, for some social meetings and, and gatherings. Uh, and Brad, you can explain that a little bit more. Right. We so we have we'll have four meeting spaces that'll be on the event level, which is ground level, like uh, on grade, like Cedric said. They're part of the connector, which makes this building so unique and just really iconic because we're going to connect the JBA and the Bell. And we're this uh, building is 314,000 square feet. And then besides the four meeting rooms uh, that won't be in a basement like they currently are, you actually have some uh, natural light. We're going to have a rooftop terrace and a rooftop ballroom that can actually be rented separately uh, outside of the events. And we're, we're real proud of that, that we were able to, to, to get the project uh, under control financially enough to include that in, in the construction. But um, having one common box office and one common loading dock, one common kitchen will help service the complex so much better. People don't realize, but the Bell Auditorium is, is just a, an awesome venue. It's the number one venue in the state of Georgia outside of Atlanta. And uh, all the events we have there, like the United Way lunches, and I think uh, Boys Club has had their, their big function there. Condoleezza Rice was spoke there once. That building has no kitchen. That food has actually been transported from the JBA over the years. So for the, the Bell and the uh, JBA to have a common kitchen is going to make the service and the quality of food service so much better uh, with this new arena. And, and Ms. Jackson, Brad brings up a point when he talks about the Bell Auditorium. Um, Nine million of that 235 million goes to renovations for the bail. And those renovations would be a bump out uh, if you're facing it on the left side where the parking lot is right by the bail. Uh, the bump out will be, it's, it's needed uh, because if you've ever been there to an event, uh, we don't have uh, adequate restrooms. It's not ADH uh, friendly. And so we're gonna go back and do all those things we need to do uh, to the bell to help bring it up to standard and, and, and make it just a more comfortable, enjoyable experience when you visit it. All right. It, it will be, um, you'll, from the 7th Street side of this new complex, um, you, you, your whole experience is going to be crazy good because of the green space we're also adding in front of the bell and the, the new JBA uh, that will be somewhere folks can go and, and congregate before events and even use it almost as a public park on non-event days. Great. Um, there's one thing I want to go back to. You all mentioned the bidding process and all of that. Um, I know that anytime public money is being expended, um, people ask, so who has a chance to bid? So are any local contractors going to get an opportunity to work on the project? So are any minority-owned businesses going to get a chance to work on the project? Is that something that you all have considered? Uh, I, can, I can tell you from, from the very beginning of the project, uh, before we paid the first dollar, uh, the Coliseum Authority was very concerned about making sure that there were opportunities for small minority women-owned businesses and especially local businesses to play a significant part in this process. And so far during the engineering phase, we have spent about $18 million 
and 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 that's basically in the soft car cost part. And of that eighteen million dollars, forty two percent of that has gone to small um, minority local businesses. Now the the catch is that um, you know, we had we had to go outside of uh, Augusta to get uh, some minority businesses, but but again, uh, we were able to come up with local businesses, uh, minority businesses, and locally owned businesses who have also paid a part. Uh, our goal was thirty percent local and minority. Uh, and, and that's a max. When we talked to the architects, when we were going through, through this process, we told them that we would have to have at least 30% local and minority participation. And it's broken down, uh, and Brad, correct me because it's been a while, 25% minority and 5% local. That's, that's correct. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a mandate from the Coliseum Authority. So in, anybody that really wants to do business with us uh, will have to understand that there will be opportunities uh, for people in the city of Augusta and for, and for minorities. Very good, because you're talking about using tax dollars that yeah. come from the entire community. So the entire community should get the opportunity to, to participate. And I'm glad you all are making uh, provision for that. And, and, you know, Cedric may want to carry on with this a little bit further than I do, but also the businesses that don't, the things we haven't done that businesses locally don't have the capacity to do, and we're having to hire people whether it be from Atlanta or even out of state, when we have to go out of state with somebody that have the capacity to do something at a at a building this big, we're we're telling them to break up the work. So you hire some local folks who can learn what you do. So next time we have a large project in Augusta, that somebody local will possibly have the capacity to do it further down the road. So we've actually taken big parts of this project. And we're asking the contractors that are not local minority to split it up and give it to some of those folks and let them learn from this. And it'd be a learning uh, role for them as well as, as we're building. So I, I think that's we need to really um, promote that because it's important to us that we make some business. We get give some business and the growth potential while this project is going on. Uh, but, Ms. Jackson, I think the, the other part of that is. You know, a lot of businesses and a lot of people say that uh, they're going to do a certain thing, but do they really live up to what they say? And one of the things we have done so far is in, in contracts with, with people, uh, we've put certain language in contracts so that they understand that that's one of the things that we're looking at. And during the architectural phase, uh, the lead architect uh, came back and showed us uh, the percentage that they were going to use with minorities and the percentage they were going to use with local. And as we go through the project process and as they get paid, we look to make sure that uh, they are living up to what they say. So Brad and I signed the checks. So if it's not in order, then we have to talk to figure out how are we gonna make it up? How are we gonna get it right? And what we're we gonna do? So there is some accountability there to make sure that it's not just words, but there's really action behind 
what we say we're going to get done. Amen. So there's teeth. There's teeth. Yes, ma'am. That's teeth. That, that, that is great for our, our listeners and our community to know. Uh, we only have a few minutes left. Okay. Uh, so we're going to spend that last few minutes talking about why you would encourage registered voters in Richmond County to support this. I'll be honest, I've had a couple of conversations with people in the community. Uh, one of them told me, yes, I'm going to support it. I believe it's going to pass. The other one told me I'm voting no. And I think everybody else is voting no too. So you all tell me why you would encourage a registered voter to say yes. Brad, do you want to go first? Well, you know, Cedric, I'm not going to steal your words. I'm going to let you let you finish what you said last night. We had a public presentation last night. I, I wish more people would have been able to see it. And, and Cedric closed the meeting with with three words, and I'm going to let him tell you those words at the closing. Well, you, you can go uh, ahead and you, you can go ahead and use them because I'm going to say something else. <laughs> I, I, I want people to know, and it seems like a lot of people are, are really concerned about the finances, uh, but. The Cedric and I are looking for funding, other funds that we can find that can go towards the debt. So the, the millage rate that will be set for 2022 in conjunction with the Coliseum Authority, I mean, the, the new arena, that's the worst case scenario. And is any funds we find in the future that can go to the uh, uh, bond debt will go directly to that debt to make uh, either uh, strengthen the uh, bond time or to take the bond debt down. So that that's really what I want to make sure people have confidence that once we get the vote, we're not going to quit work. We've continued to work um, to make make this uh, very special. And uh, it's going to be a point of pride for the city. And when we need it, and if we're going to stay in the entertainment business, Janice, we got to build a new building because we've got an obsolete building and entertainers are not going to continue to come to Augusta if we keep that building. But Cedric, I want you to close. I'm not going to steal your words last night. They, they, they said too much. No, fine, Brad. You, you did great. Listen, the, the real point is, where do we want to be as a community? You know, do we want to be second, third uh, when it comes to uh, entertainment? or when it comes to projects, had the same similar situation when we we're talking about building the airport. There were people who thought we shouldn't build a new airport. We had old World War II barracks. The thing is, we're looking at the future of Augusta. We're building for the future. Uh, people in Augusta deserve to have the opportunity to be right in their backyard and have top-notch entertainment. So I keep saying, why not? Why not Augusta? Why can't we have a top-notch arena? The people of Augusta deserve to have something nice. You know, some of the people that you talk about uh, who, who said not going to vote for it, they say, well, you know, we could drive to Columbia, we can drive to Atlanta, and some folks even say we can, we can fly to New York. Well, everybody can't afford to do that. And, and I think that's very short-sighted. Yes, we all going to have to pay a little bit more, but that's going to be a benefit in the long run of having an arena, plus the economic impact it's going to have, not only uh, for, for businesses, but for, the, for all the companies who are trying to attract people. People look at quality of life issues. A new arena is a quality of life issue. And 
Brad and I and the Coliseum Authority are very honored that we'll have this opportunity to bring this type of building to Augusta. Thank you all so much for being guests on Local Matters. Um, we appreciate all of the effort uh, that you all have put into uh, your work at the Coliseum Authority to build it bigger and better than you found it when you all arrived on that board uh, several years ago. And uh, we'll look forward to the results after November 2nd. Okay. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Janice. We appreciate it. Please join Local Matters next week when my guest will be Ms. Juanita Burney. She is going to talk about those tax bills we just got. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net, because local matters.